Hello, and welcome to Evaluand, the podcast about the land of evaluation between you and me, your host, Dana Linnell Wanzer. This is the show where we interview people about any and all things evaluation related. Welcome to another episode of Evaluand. This week, I'm joined by two folks from the Community Foundation of Greater St. John, which is part of a worldwide movement of community foundations whose objective is to help build stronger and more vibrant communities. Carrie Tanasicek is Director of Impact Measurement and Evaluation, and Harry Daly is Director of Community Investment and Learning. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie and Harry. Hi, thanks for having us. Hey, Dana, thanks so much for having us. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you've reached out and we're interested in sharing some of the work that you're doing at the Community Foundation. I'm really eager to get into that. But first, love to get to know you both a little bit better. So Carrie, maybe if you want to start by introducing yourself and telling us about what you're currently doing, evaluation background, how you got into all this work, would love to hear more about that. Sure. So I received my PhD in applied social psychology from the University of Saskatchewan up in Saskatoon, Canada. Um, in 2010, I believe I uh, finished. And so I've been doing evaluation um, well since then and also throughout my graduate studies, I think as many graduate students do. And so that program really had a, a heavy emphasis on evaluation. Um, my primary um, concentration at that point was in uh, the correctional system in forensic psychology and using evaluation to evaluate treatment programs and corrections. After graduation, I actually went and switched hats and started doing um, user research within a tech company down in Silicon Valley in California, which was a, a really big switch of pace. And we didn't call it evaluation, but essentially what we were doing it was evaluating learning materials that were online and how users were, were either finding it helpful or not finding it helpful. Then I went back to Canada and to Ontario and uh, rejoined the nonprofit sector doing evaluation with the YMCA of Greater Toronto and was there for a number of years. And then my family moved to St. John, New Brunswick um, in Canada, which is where I am now. We're just kind of above Maine uh, for the American listeners. Um, and uh, now I find myself at the, the Community Foundation here in St. John. And my role is really building evaluation capacity with other nonprofits. And so I find myself doing a lot of evaluation coaching, which is not something I ever thought I'd do, but I really love it. That does sound like a lot of fun. I love the capacity building aspect of, of evaluation work. So love it. Thank you so much, Carrie. Harry, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Harry Daly. Uh, I am uh, I work at the Greater St. John Community Foundation, and I'm, I'm born and raised here in, in Greater St. John. Um, so my background, I guess, uh, I'm not trained as an evaluator, but I, uh, I do spend a lot of my days over the past couple of years kind of in the world of evaluation. Uh, a lot of that thanks to Carrie. So capacity building is not limited to other organizations. She's been building my evaluation capacity over the past couple of years as well. Um, so my background, I went to university uh, and have a Bachelor of Interdisciplinary Leadership uh, from University of New Brunswick. And uh, that kind of a convoluted path um, led me back to St. John uh, when I was in my early 20s 
and started to do some work with uh, youth serving agencies in St. John. So St. John has some pockets of high concentration of poverty, and there's some really great organizations uh, that work with youth, who, I mean, all ages of people, but uh, the one that really stood out to me were the organizations working uh, with young people, specifically teenagers. And so I, I spent a lot of time, you know, doing delivering programs and then slowly moving into program design. And then as um, these kind of new programs were coming up, just became very curious about how to better engage the young people, how to help them uh, or how to get their feedback and help them develop the programs and just kind of figure out, you know, what are we trying to do and is that happening? And so all these questions um, led me to kind of the world of evaluation. So as I, as I type those things into Google, I would get referred to different uh, sources around evaluation, uh, one of which was Youth Rex, which is a, a kind of a provincial organization in Ontario. So Youth Rex, the Rex stands for Research and Evaluation Exchange, uh, but it's all youth-focused evaluation. And so I did a, a an evaluation workshop with them. It was over the course of a few months and it really sparked an interest in uh, in kind of all things evaluation as it relates to young people. Um, and so kind of fast forward a couple of years doing that and uh, work at the Community Foundation now. And I was a board member at the Community Foundation for a number of years and was on their grant review uh, committee. So we, you know, we take in applications from around the community and uh, evaluate and assess whether or not we want to fund those and uh, and then and then fund them or not fund them <laughs> and um, they're not the most uh, eloquent way of saying that but the, you know, we have to determine whether or not an organization is going to receive money based on our criteria and so now I'm as a staff member that's responsible for that so I coordinate the review of these different applications and a big part of what we do is um, not just support organizations financially but also help build their capacity so that they're successful and that's uh, that's kind of where Carrie and I work together as the impact management and evaluate or impact measurement and evaluation branch of the community foundation. Very cool. I love, I love the two different journeys that you got into the field. One kind of from more of like a applied research. And then you realize, oh, evaluation is another way I could do this. And one that I see from a lot of people of like, you're working in these organizations and then you start wondering, well, is what I'm doing working? And I just love when that expands out to like, oh, I could be doing evaluation too, or instead, or, you know, just adding kind of to how we can better support organizations and programming. Okay. So I'm excited to delve into um, the topic for today. So uh, you mentioned to me that you've been using theories of change as your main process for facilitating strategic planning with nonprofits. And so before I'm really excited to dive into that, but before we jump into what that process looks like for you, um, I think it's important that we kind of explain those two big topics that, that surround the the process that you're doing, both being uh, theories of change and strategic planning. So What do those terms mean to you and your organization in doing this work? So I'm going to use very high level definitions because I feel like both of those things, theory of change development and strategic planning are giant rabbit holes. (laughs) So I'm going to keep it very high level. Um, So essentially when we say theory of change, the simplest explanation I can think of is what are you doing? So your activities and how does that lead to change or your outcomes? And so when I'm explaining a theory of change to an organization and they look at me like I have two heads and like, what's a theory of change? Like it's a, it's a one page typically that usually graphically explains what you're doing here and what changes it will result in the community. And those essentially are your outcomes. And there's a lot of nuances in there, but uh, that's at its simplest form. I think that's a really digestible way of explaining it. A strategic plan essentially is 
what are your goals and how are you going to achieve those as an organization? So already you can see there's a lot of relationships there and they're thought of, they, traditionally they've been thought of quite independently, but as we we'll get into this, but as we started unpacking those concepts, we're like, wait a second, these are really related. I don't know if they're quite the same thing, but there's a lot of overlap here. Yeah, definitely. The way that you're describing it, I'm starting to see those connections um, that I hadn't really, I hadn't thought too much about. And you're right that, you know, one is the planning tool for planning of what our outcomes will be, but the other is like, well, how do we actually get to those outcomes? Cause you can't just put the theory of change out there and be, or just put a program out there and just expect all the change to happen. I think that strategic planning is really critical. So really excited. Can you tell me more about like what this process looks like for you then? Sure. So first, we're going to back up to talk about, uh, we've only been working at the Community Foundation for about two and a half years. And so we're going to back up because this isn't something we set out to do. It's something that pretty much fell into our laps. And so we're going to tell the story of how it fell into our laps. And and you'll see how we started to make these connections. So to back up, the uh, Community Foundation here in St. John, the executive director saw a need in nonprofits in the community. There's this expectation that nonprofit organizations can evaluate themselves and they will evaluate themselves, but there's very little tools and help out there to help build that capacity. They're just expected to be able to do it. And so our executive director wanted to start this branch, the Impact Measurement and Evaluation Branch, as a way of building capacity in the community. And so Harry and I were hired and uh, this we, we were really excited. We had all these plans, all these things we were going to do. One week later uh, is when COVID shutdown happened in Canada. So that was March 2020. And Great timing. Uh, yeah, we started a new job. And one week later, we're, nobody could leave their house. So <laughs> that was that. And we had all these plans of things we were going to do. And, and that was just shut down. And so it was actually, I, I don't want to say um, it was a positive thing but some good came out of that because what happened is so Harry and I we didn't know each other before we started this job we're both in our respective homes and we had a lot of time we had a lot of time for conversations and so over the course of about eight hours that wasn't one meeting it was several meetings broken up um we we really just got to start talking about what were some evaluations we saw that went really well? What were some evaluations we saw that didn't go well? What did we think St. John, what would be helpful in our context? Um, how do we want to show up to, to what we were doing? How do we want to approach this work? Not necessarily the activities, because who knew when we were going to be able to do anything, but how did we want to approach this work? And so we didn't set out to create principles, but that's what came out of these eight hours of conversations. And we distilled them down to basically six principles. And this, they, I, I want to go through them really quickly because I think it really um, helps paint the picture of how we got to where we are. So the first one is that we uh, feel it's really important evaluation is rooted in relationships. So that there's a lot of there's mutual respect, there's authentic inquiry, Honest communication, they're really the foundation of everything we do. We spend a lot of time forming relationships with organizations and the people within those organizations. The second is that we feel evaluation should be an empowering process. So stakeholders, like various stakeholders, however you want to define that, should feel valued and empowered throughout the process and after the evaluation is done as well. And so there shouldn't be this feeling that and if evaluation is taking something, it should be given with power. 
We also think it's really important that evaluation is experiential and participatory. So all the activities, whether that's the team development or data collection, whatever it is, evaluation activities should engage and value all stakeholders and really encourage authentic insights. So not just, here's your survey, okay, you're going to passively fill it out and give it back to me, but how can we make this really experiential and participatory throughout the evaluation so that everyone's, everyone's involved, everyone's having a say. The next one is flexible approaches. So we really feel that evaluation should be adaptable, yet methodologically sound uh, in order to meet the needs of, of the context these organizations are operating in. And so what we've seen in nonprofits especially is that funders might have very uh, strict requirements about what evaluation should look and feel and sound like. Um, and, and who knows where those requirements come from necessarily, but uh, it, it doesn't leave a good taste of what evaluation in some organizations' uh, mouths. <laughs> it really, it, it's really this power has come down from, from this funder, and they have to do what they said and build this, use this survey that may or may not make sense in their context. It doesn't have to be that way. There's lots of different ways to do evaluation. The next is that uh, we feel evaluation should be utilization-focused, so that evaluation should be used very simply. Um, and then the last one is a community of learning. And so we really strive to create a culture of curiosity and evaluative thinking, because in our opinions, that's one of the, that's the secret sauce of evaluation, I think, is uh, having that curiosity. And like when Harry was describing how he came to evaluation, he was just curious. He's like, what's working? What's not working? How can I do better? And that really leads, I think that really sets people up for a successful evaluation journey. So those really set the stage for how we showed up to our work once we were allowed to leave our houses and, and do work. I was going to make a comment. I was going to ask about the things in the background of Carrie. Um, and I'm, I'm very glad that uh, they're the principles that, that she just described. Yeah, exactly. We use them quite often. We could take them off there on uh, Velcro and we uh, kind of have a little road show where we'll go out and explain those and give people context before we, uh, dive into things because I think the word evaluation means so many different things to different people in a room. So when we start working with an organization, uh, we use those to clarify our approach. And quite often that helps the participants kind of contextualize their understanding of um, of evaluation as well, because uh, in working with frontline staff, especially sometimes that, that word can uh, be a little intimidating to people. So it's nice for us to enter, enter into conversations with that context. Exactly. Yeah. And I, before we go into what you were going to say, Harry, I just want to say, I really did like, I, I love your principles. I, I wish, well, I wish more people were more transparent about the principles and values that underlie the work they do. Um, because, you know, I get a sense now of the kind of work that you do and, you know, like clearly you're an organization I would love to work with because I think we have similar values and have different, uh, similar ways of thinking about how evaluation should be done, uh, when we're working with organizational clients. So I really appreciate you kind of starting from that groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. And just as, as a little podcast aside, um, something we do an evaluation uh, workshop for nonprofits too. It's like over the course of three months, but one of the things that Carrie introduced to me and has introduced to the community of nonprofits here is about the evaluation tree and the different branches and the learning versus accountability. So all those conversations have really given us, um, yeah, just 
context when we're working with people. So especially, you know, as a funder, uh, when, when we're looking to potentially evaluate organizations and assess, you know, how they're doing with their project that we're very much on the learning side versus accountability. So, you know, how right. can you implement that? How can you use that? So use branch learning for anybody listening, that's definitely uh, where we fall on the evaluation tree for sure. <laughs> Yeah, except I also I see all three branches relevant mm-hmm. to what you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? The the flexible approaches really emphasizes right. that methods branch mm-hmm. um, and the um, empowering process, building relationships, community of learning. I also see that valuing component in there as well, values and valuing there. So um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of evaluators like us trying to kind of um, shift away from the idea of a, of a tree and right. kind of a trichotomy type thing yeah. and perhaps the tree metaphor itself. And um, so um, I, I, I see evidence of all of those theories kind of building together, which I think speaks a lot to how the field is also going of, it's not just like, you're not just utilization, focused, yeah. you're not just environment <laughs> evaluation. You're, you're using a, an eclectic approach to all these theories to build your own individual community organization theory of how you do evaluation. Yeah, and I think that that's a really, really good point um, because, and we've been reluctant at times to, and this is where I think the principles have really come in handy because we've been reluctant to realize them sometimes when someone says, you know, what we really need is a return on investment, um, you know, evaluation. And that's something that we're like, no, what you, you know, what we think you need is this learning side. And and does that mm-hmm. really value their you know what they need and so if that is if it's participatory and we are here to help them recognize what it is that they need um, rather than us say you know actually what you need is uh, you know it's it's to, to help them get where they need to go but just hopefully recognize what it is that they're looking for and why and if that's still the direction that they want to go then as capacity builders that's our responsibility to help them get there so we kind of created those principles, um, co-created them in the early days of COVID 2000 and, uh, 2020, so two and a half years ago now. And um, one of our first activities that we were tasked with as a team, Carrie and I, uh, was developing a strategic plan for our organization. So we had two extra staff. We, we grew from uh, the Community Foundation having an executive director and an office manager. Uh, and then we had uh, director of marketing, and then Carrie and I were on board. And so for the first time in, in basically the 45 years of the Community Foundation's history, there was more than two people working here. So uh, rather than uh, pay for a consultant to come in and do the strategic planning, we were able to, uh, to to start to get to know the organization in a different way. And that was really great for us as new employees, because we were able to talk to a variety of different people, kind of have an unbiased view of what that looked like. And so we were tasked with creating a three-year strategic plan for the organization. And uh, so we did our, you know, your your standard, we had a survey that we put out to different uh, community partners. We did a lot of interviews with board members and staff and community partners, recipients of the grants, and also participants of of the programs that we fund. And, uh, you know, we had we had all these great conversations. And so then when we were compiling and analyzing that information and getting ready to put it forward as a strategy, uh, we both stopped and said, you know, what, what it sounds like we really need here before we jump into a strategy is to design a theory of change with the organization. Because the Community Foundation does not have one of those. We have a mission statement and a vision statement that we regularly read out, uh, but that's one sentence. It doesn't really clearly articulate what we do. And it became very evident that when we spoke to, um, you know, the various 
people that are impacted or, or impact the community foundations work, but they all have a different understanding of what the organization does based on their experience with it. Because, you know, we, we work with um, fund holders, we work with uh, different community partners, we work with, with through funding agencies. So depending on the entry point, everybody saw it a little bit different. So we thought a theory of change would be a really great place to start to say, okay, here's what we're trying to achieve. This is the activities that lead to that. And here's what we need to do that. And so we created a theory of change based on the information that we had heard from everyone. And at our first uh, kind of meeting with the board and the CEO to uh, kind of share that and say, okay, this is going to be the jumping off part for our strategy, we presented the theory of change and they said, this is perfect. This is our strategic plan. And we said, that's actually a theory of change. Not quite. <laughs> a strategic plan. And they said, no, it has everything in it that we need, um, you know, to strategize in real time. It has, you know, these are the activities, these are the outcomes that we're working towards. And this, and the CEO was very excited. You know, this is a great way for us to strategically update the board on what we're doing and how it relates to this. And uh, and so we were kind of taken aback by that. So oh, there's not, you know, there's not goals built into this. It's more of a point in time that uh, a snapshot of what happens here. But it turned out to be a really good strategy document, and it helped us make we helped it helped us make decisions about you know what we should do in real time, and uh, and it also worked with the board to get updated on what we were doing and why we were doing those things. So for the first time, we had this document that rather than have really specific goals and what we were trying to achieve over the next three years, it allowed us to strategize in real time and it has become a very useful document in that way. So I, I wouldn't go as far as to say the board was like, you know, really forward thinking and saying, oh, it's like a theory of change is this really strategic document. Um, but it did start to shape our thinking about how those two things could be correlated. And we didn't really start to do much strategic planning yet. So this was kind of just with the, within the community foundation at that point in time, because we were going to be supporting organizations in evaluation based capacity building and not strategic planning. Uh, but I think that's an important piece because it, it, it was the first moment where Carrie and I had um, had somebody else say, there's a connection here between strategic planning and theory of change development. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, which mm -hmm. I thought was really intriguing. You mentioned that um, you found it really beneficial to do the strategic planning process early in starting at the community foundation as mm -hmm. a way to like better or understand the organization and stuff. And I just, I really appreciated that because I think that also built that connection between the theory of change and strategic planning. Because a lot of the times when we're doing evaluation, if you're doing a theory driven approach of some sort, um, I think even regardless, like that kind of information gathering stage is really critical. And that, you know, it sounds like it's just as critical for the strategic planning, but, but also like if you're an internal evaluator, like that has to be your first job. You can't just go in and just go, I'm going to go do an evaluation, right? You have to first best understand the organization and think about what that strategic plan is. So um, funny enough, it always just seems to be like, okay, we have to pause on evaluation first, just for a little bit, because we need to do that kind of check ourselves, check our understanding, check that the understanding of the organization matches what they're hoping for, all that type of stuff before we can really get to the ground running and doing that work. And for us, I think it was really great as a funder because so often we expect organizations to, to create a theory of change and, and rarely do funders, or I shouldn't say rarely, but 
at least in the context of New Brunswick, rarely do the funders have a theory of change and what they're looking for. So to be able to articulate that, I think was very much in line with our principles as well, uh, because we wanted to make sure if we're, you know, suggesting or encouraging an organization that we fund or work with to do this, that at the very least, we should be able to walk through that same process as well and, and get a feel for what we were, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, and like you said, it, it was very much a, a process of just asking questions and being curious about what is it that we do, to what extent do we do that, what activities contribute to that. And uh, those are very similar questions that we asked when we're, when we're doing strategic planning with an organization. So there's another large-ish piece of the puzzle that was happening shortly thereafter. And so we were working on a large project with five uh, community-based organizations in St. John that are the neighborhood associations or organizations. Um, And we were working with them to increase their evaluation capacity. So typically these organizations are what I would say underfunded. They do a lot of good work in the community, a lot of really important work. And And so this project was really designed to how can we help them tell their story so that they can increase their funding, so they can figure out what's working and how can they even do an even better job because they're already doing terrific things. And it was, and, and so it was, it was, the idea was basically coaching them through this and saying, here's what we're doing and here's how you can bake it into what you're doing in your organization. It's just this ongoing living thing that you can continuously do. So one of the first things we did for each organization is to create a theory of change. And this was really a pivotal moment for those organizations. So typically they're, they were doing, doing, doing all the time and they were so busy. And when you ask them and you say, what's going on here, they would tell you about all the different programs and all the activities they were doing, but uh, really clearly articulating their outcomes. They were at different places, but uh, that sometimes was missing from the conversation. And so when the conversation would come around to funding, People would say, yeah, they do a lot of important things for, for the community, have these like they have backpack programs in the summer for children and they have lunches for seniors. And but but missing from that conversation was what is the impact of that? What is it doing for the community? And so we had really great theory of change sessions. We involved all of the staff and some board members from all levels, the executive directors, frontline staff, um, maintenance staff, everyone was in that room and really worked through this stuff. And they were great to work with. They were super enthusiastic and, and really just imagining what does this create in the community and what do we want to do and what do we want to be intentional about? And so once we passed that theory of change development. Then we worked on to collaboratively evaluate with the organizations and they had this information and they started to think about how to use that information. Now, also what was happening is several of those organizations were on the cusp of renewing their strategic plan and what a great opportunity to take their learnings from the theory of change development from the information gathering and put that into their strategic plans. We didn't do the strategic planning for them, but uh, we, I know that several of them really fed that into, the, into their strategic plans and said, hey, I'm going to take this theory of change and put it right in my strategic plan and really use that as a guide. And so we didn't encourage them to do that. That They thought about themselves and were like, oh, wait a minute, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you should do that. 
<laughs> so we, we can't really take credit for that, but uh, we thought, what, what a fantastic thing. And so just having this tool, this theory of change, aside from all the information gathering, they did quite a lot, but just having this tool, this theory of change, really helps the doing, doing, doing all the time. So like, what makes sense to do? What doesn't make sense to do? What can we let go? What should we do? What should we prioritize for our asks for new programs? And having that sort of strategic guide was really beneficial to those organizations. I'll throw it back to Harry. Yeah, and just um, just to kind of dovetail off that a little bit, something that I thought was really great about working with those organizations is that previously they had have something they stated up front was that evaluation was something that they had done to them. So, you know, the university or a consultant or a funder would encourage, whether it be a better program or a component of the community, whatever the case may be, uh, they were really familiar with the process of an evaluator coming in, you know, asking a lot of questions of them or the community and then leaving. And then, you know, maybe they'd see a report somewhere down the line. And so they were a little disenfranchised by that process. And so that's, you know, part of why we took a capacity building process um, with them so that they could they could do that as they went. Um, but something that residents would always say is that nothing changes after we share with these, you know, with the with the consultants that are coming in, you know, we tell them and then and then nothing changes. And um, and so it was really interesting to get to the end of this process where they designed their theories of change, they developed their own evaluation processes, they'd ask the questions, then they were sitting on the information. So it was them that that had you know, facilitated this process with our support. And so then they're sitting on the information. And for the first time, the staff of these organizations are like, now you're responsible. So it's like, oh, this is great to have this. Like, now you're responsible for acting on this. So, you know, you've said over the years that it's discouraging to have people take information and not do anything with it. So now you're in a position where you have to implement the changes accordingly. And I think that that was, you know, that's a, that's an intimidating um, as a big responsibility to take on as an organization. So it was really great for them to take it and apply it in a strategic way. Um, but I do think yeah, it was just, just a little side story there about that, that switch and the, it's a, you know, great responsibility that comes with having that information after, and you can't kind of pass the blame to a consultant. <laughs> right. Right. Have you noticed as, I mean, I know it's, it's only been a couple of years since you've really implemented this and the organizations have, but have you noticed any like significant changes in organizations as a result of them going through this process and being more responsible for doing it themselves, as opposed to getting that outside consultant to do it? Yeah, I think um, it's case by case and, uh, and just like, you know, the complexity of the world sometimes it's hard to attribute uh, you know any any one action to uh, a big change in an organization but I do think that um, specifically when it comes to funding because we do work with organizations as you know as it relates to them receiving funding uh, but the theory of change and strategy evaluation capacity what I think that that's allowed them to do is be more confident when they're putting forward um, the potential changes that might happen in the community so I think uh, a lot of organizations and funding agencies around here require them to say okay what are your specific outcomes what, what activities are you going to do to achieve that let's see your logic model and move that forward and then be accountable to reaching those and uh, previously, a lot of them had said that, you know, they, they kind of 
every time that they have those conversations with funders, it's a little bit different and they're just kind of pulling at shoestrings trying to figure out what they're going to say. Um, but these theories of change have given them consistent language to help them build that up, not just with the executive director, the person writing the grants, but the organization and the program design reflects that same language. And so that just gives them a lot more confidence doing what they already did well, but they can approach it much more confidently. One thing, not from these organizations, but one thing from this approach that we've taken is also understanding that um, speaking about outcomes to a funder is a two-way street. And so we've, we've heard of an organization uh, that we've worked with going back to a different funder, not us, but a different funder and saying, no, those outcomes you gave us aren't actually what we're doing here. We've gone through this process and we've thought about our outcomes and we want to be intentional about what we're doing. And we actually think outcomes X, Y, Z are, are more appropriate for our context. And the funder said, okay, great. Um, because there's been some thought given to those by understanding before it, understanding that you can go back and say, no, actually, we've given this a lot of thought. We're the experts in our context, and we actually think these outcomes are more appropriate. And just, again, that goes back to feeling empowered, and that they had the confidence to be able to do that, and they feel a lot more happy and satisfied with their evaluation process now. And just, again, to continue this line of the conversation, I think that the, and I can Nobody else can see this, but the flexible approaches um, are uh, our principle that Carrie mentioned earlier. Um, I think that really leading with curiosity and helping them embody that as a way of approaching evaluation. So developing evaluative thinking rather than just thinking about evaluation and the tools that you might take to get there. Um, I think that that we've really seen that shift in the frontline staff uh, who had kind of traditionally had surveys or tools passed down on them that they then had to implement without really knowing where that went. And um, and now trying to make that cultural shift within the organizations towards curiosity, which a lot of them already had anyways. And so it just gives them a way to tap into that curiosity. And uh, so they approach evaluation from a very, you know, we like to think of it as evaluative thinking, not versus, but, you know, in addition to evaluation, um, that that process and just looking at the way that they do things a little bit more intentionally and driven by curiosity. Speaking of that, um, it comes to my next question is, and this goes back to first episode of this podcast was with my friend, Dr. Kathleen Dahl, um, talking about her dissertation on strategic evaluation planning. And so just like how a theory of a change and strategic planning, we, I think, typically think of them as planning documents for an organization of thinking about, you know, what are you doing and what outcomes are you hoping to achieve? I think both of these we can also think of in terms of evaluation planning of how are you best going to evaluate and how are you going to think about long-term strategic planning in terms of your evaluation processes? So I'm curious if that at all is being included in your strategic planning um, process as a community, as, as, you know, the funding body. Um, But also are you seeing that and expecting that of your organizations as as well to think about not just planning for the organization, but planning for future evaluation work? I think that's, that's a really good question. (laughs) And, and uh, really 
one thing we really want to, uh, if anyone takes anything away from, from speaking with us and working with us, one thing we want them to understand is that this is ongoing. Evaluation is not the end point, and that's something I want to make really, really clear to organizations when you work with them. Is you're not working towards an evaluation. Oh, we're done now. Okay, I guess that's over. It, it doesn't end. An evaluation isn't an end. It's a means to an end. And so at the end is, how can we improve? How can we keep learning? You use evaluation to get there. It's not an end state. It's, it's a tool that you're using to, to your end state is learning. Um, and that's, and that's really critical to, to my view of evaluation. I understand not everyone sees evaluation the same way, but that's really critical to my worldview when it comes to evaluation. And we make that very crystal clear to organizations and same with our principles. And so, like you said, Dana, you could tell when we set those, what kind of work we do and, and how we approach things. And so if an organization says, you know, I get what you're about. I just don't think it's a great fit. That's fine too. Like there's other other consultants, there's other ways to evaluate and, and we're happy to provide resources. So it is a particular view we have and we do want to make that very clear to organizations. And typically we found that uh, they're quite refreshed by, by our view and they say, oh yeah, like we can use evaluation. Like this isn't just something I'm going to put in a spreadsheet and send to a funder somewhere that I've never met. Like we can actually use it and learn. Oh, sign me up. That's great. <laughs> and I think um, something that's COVID has, I think, shown the world, but definitely in the context of nonprofits uh, is that thinking about a strategic document or strategic plan um, even an evaluation plan for, for what it's worth, I guess, we never really know what's going to happen tomorrow and how that might sh- shake things up. So coming up with a five-year plan that has really specific targets, uh, similar to when you're putting forward a grant application that says these are the outcomes and this is exactly how many people are going to come and they're going to be changed in this way. Um, in a lot of ways, especially in, again, working in really complex social um, issues and neighborhoods with different people um it's how to how to have real-time strategy how to have real-time evaluation and do that in an ongoing way and so that's where we've really found that the theory of change the principles these are more guiding documents rather than specific targets um, there's no question that there's a, a place for both of those but we found i think that um you know covid because a lot of our work has happened within the context of COVID over the past two years, that people are looking for something that can be a little bit more dynamic and fluid to adjust to the, you know, what's coming down the line. So that's where a lot of this has, uh, has started to, to take shape. And not to get down a strategic planning rabbit hole, because there's, there's so many, like, there's, there's so many um, thought, schools of thought and, and books and I, I, I've only scratched the surface in my knowledge, so I don't want to come across the history of planning expert. But um, one of the, the pitfalls that people are, are warned against in strategic planning is you have... So when um, Henry Mintzberg in the 90s talked about uh, deliberate strategy and emergent strategy, and he was talking about deliberate strategies and stuff where you say, okay, these are my strategic plan goals, and this is how I'm going to get there, this is what I'm going to do. And then emergent strategy is the stuff you can't predict, and that's just the stuff that just kind of happens, and you just kind of have to deal with it, like COVID, for example. Um, And then one of the traps then apparently is that uh, you can say, well, there's no point having having these strategic plan goals. I'm just going to do emergent strategy and I'm just going to figure it out as I go. And so 
A theory of change, what I think it does, is it provides a nice base of logic for that emergent stuff that comes up. And so just saying, well, I guess I'll figure it out when it comes up, is it saying, no, like this is what the organization does and the, the change it hopes to create in the community. So as things come up, which you didn't predict your strategic plan, because that's life, uh, you can look at your theory of change as a guiding document and say, actually, no, like this should this should really be used as a tool to figure stuff out in real time. So your strategic goals, you have those, and that's great. But then as something new comes up, you can look at your theory of change and say, okay, like, how do I deal with this now? How do I make sense of this in the context of what my organization is and what we hope to achieve? That's interesting, because I think when I hear of things like that coming up for a lot of people doing theory of change work, it's not to think of the theory of change as a guiding document. It's a, now it's time to change our theory of change, right? Of like, now it's, it's that's a required modification. It's a really interesting kind of, pivot in mindset of um, theory of change not being what is, but what ought to be. And so when something comes up emergent, then you're thinking of it still as that guide, as opposed to what is, is not right. So now we need to change it. Just an interesting kind of shift in in thought regarding the the theory of change. That's a really good point. No, it, absolutely. So in my mind, a theory of change, certainly when you have new information or you find out something new, you, you can change a theory of change. I always tell people like it's not, we're not engraving it in stone. It's just a PDF. Like you can, you can edit it and certainly, and sometimes that's appropriate, but other times as things come up, you can look at your theory of change and say, does this actually make sense for us to do? And internally we've had things come up like Harry and I, where we've had projects, uh, we've been approached with projects. We've looked at our theory of change and said, does this make sense for us to do? It will take resources away from this to this new thing. Is that what we want to do? Do we want to change our theory of change? Or do we want to say, no, we want to stick to this. It doesn't fall in the parameters and let that project go. And just one of those things is strategic planning, because we did not set out to be strategic planners to offer that as a service in the community whatsoever. Uh, the, the the board, when they um, agreed to this impact measurement and evaluation branch foray, it's a bit of a social enterprise for the community foundation, but strategic planning um, or strategy wasn't really a piece of that conversation. So as organizations began to approach us so they'd see this work with the theory of change development and then say, hey, you should come and facilitate a strategic planning process for us. Uh, we had to use our theory of change at the community foundation to, to have that conversation with the committees and boards to say, does this make sense for us to move into? So this was a piece of information that we did not have when we set this theory of change up, but a big pillar of our support is uh, supporting charitable organizations. And one way that we do that is, you know, respond to their needs in a, on a real-time basis. And so we fund them, we offer evaluation support and capacity building, but now we're seeing this emerging need for strategic planning. So while there were some people that initially thought, you know, is that the right fit for us? Do we have the skill sets for that? Is there a need? Um, what we were able to do is say, you know, that this relates directly to our strategic plan uh, or our theory of change. Sorry, it's a kind of mix them up because there's one and the same at the moment um, and have that conversation and frame it in real time around that. And, and whatever we were missing um, from that, so the training required to jump into that, then we're able to say, OK, let's allocate resources to that in real time so that we can build up the capacity to do that. So um, and on the flip side, we've also had projects come our way where we said, 
this is a great project. We really want to do this. And then we, we align that up with our theory of change and say, you know, does this take away resources from what we're really trying to prioritize here? And so we've said no to some things. And we have some grounds to say that even when it's something that we both really want to do. It's a, you know, it's something that would be a great fit for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't necessarily fit within the scope of what our organization as a whole has determined that we want to move towards. I'm curious if there were any challenges that came up for you as an organization, for the organizations that you're working with and doing any of this theory of change strategic planning work. I think one of the hurdles, and this isn't unique to the organizations we work with, but I think especially nonprofits, is that they can get so busy with the activities and the doing. And of course, because there's a million things coming up in an hour and they're just trying to deal with with the reality that's walking through the doors of their buildings, um, that sometimes it they need a, a it takes some work to get to think about outcomes and change. So yes, I understand these are your activities, but when we facilitate theory change, typically we start with like a long term outcome. Like long term, what are we trying to do? Which is usually like more or less aligned with their their mission statement or their vision statement, and then work backwards from there. Okay, so if if having a great place to live, making this neighborhood a great place to live is your long-term outcome, then like what needs to happen for that? And we work backwards to end up the activities. And typically um, when you sit down, uh, we found when you sit down with somebody at an organization such as this, they want to tell you all the things they do and expect you to work from there and say, well, I, I, I do teas for seniors and I do a backpack program for youth and I do this and I do that. Um, and so starting at the change, uh, and we start the sessions by saying, hey, look, this is probably going to feel really weird and kind of hard. And we were really aware of that in the organizations. And sometimes people are like, oh, like, why am I here? This sounds hard. But uh, we're aware of that, that it is hard and it is messy. And we do it all in sticky notes. So things engraved on stone, we can move them around and we can crumple them up and toss them out. It's a real working session. But that mindset shift is something that I've noticed can be a struggle. And you're, you're, job is to be so concentrated on activities and so of course that's what you're thinking and another thing i think um so you go through the theory of change development so you say here's the outcomes here's our long-term vision here's the activities that we do uh you know are there are there opportunities for other activities if we want to realize and recognize these outcomes and to what extent are we those, those types of questions but then of course um, what what a theory of change often leaves out compared to a logic model are those inputs. So like, what are what are the things that you take to make all of these happen? And so um, something that uh, we saw, usually we'll kind of give people a menu of options. Like this are some ways that a theory of change could look because I think just thinking about one of the challenges, I guess, to backtrack the word theory of change and the word strategic planning come with a ton of different baggage for each person in the room. Uh, so we quite often spend a pretty significant, well, we take two approaches. Either we totally like leave the words out, <laughs> just kind of go through the activities and say, oh, look where we got. Or we spend a lot of time really trying to clarify that with the committee. And again, it depends on uh, who we're working with. But I do think um, clarifying what those mean um, is really important theories of change generally that's like the first time people have ever heard that that combination of words that we work with so it's it's a very um it's new which poses challenges um but compared to strategic planning strategic planning sometimes you have to totally like 
unlearn things, which can be a little bit harder because they have, people have a really specific idea of what they think that means. And if we're going to approach it differently, then they have to unlearn it. So both of those pose challenges and opportunities, I think. So thinking about the challenge of like communicating what this is to organizational partners, but also thinking of our listeners who might be in positions like yours and wanting to do more work and helping organizations do theory of change planning, strategic planning. Do you have any resources that you can provide that you've been using that you found really helpful as you were planning your stuff that we can share with our listeners? I can't think of any off the top of my head. That's a, a really specific one. Generally on- to be totally transparent when, when we're kind of thinking about designing theories of change and what they could look like, because they take on so many different shapes and, you know, they can be artistic pieces. They can be very literal uh, boxes and arrows, um, but, uh, and everything in between. And so generally what we started to do was just Google image theories of change and find different theories of change that pop up. And so we kind of created a bit of a catalog. And so uh, we would say, you know, Usually we don't lead with that piece. We'll have the theory of change session just to see where it goes. So kind of instead of saying we're working towards a document that looks like this, we'll gather the information and then see what context and and what type of um, document might best reflect that. Um, And so now where we're at is we design quite a few ourselves and we work with the work with the, you know, depends on, again, the group, but work with a graphic designer to help create those. And so usually what we have is a, a bit of a binder of ones that we've helped create and then some other ones that we've seen that are all different styles and approaches just to give people an idea of what it could look like. And we find that once they have the information you know, we've, we've gone through the session and we say, okay, here's what we have heard. Um, it's much easier to pick what direction they want to take it in rather than work backwards and say, you know, we want to have this great mural or this painting uh, and, and try to try to make it fit that. But Carrie, I don't know if you have any resources off the top of your head. I do. And well, I, I can't remember the exact name of it and I will send it to you for the show notes. But when it comes to facilitating the sessions or like the questions to ask of the group, one thing that I found really helpful when I was as an evaluator and I was first learning what, what a theory of change was and how to facilitate the creation of one, I think it's called the Community Maker's Guide to Theory of Change or the Community change makers guide to theory of change. I will send you the link because um, I'm butchering the title and I can't actually remember, but it's something that I found really helpful because it has really good suggestions of questions to throw to a group to get them to, to start to think about what are the outcomes and like what are the activities and how do we link those? And we don't follow it perfectly, but it's really shaped the way I think about theory of change development. We pretty much always lead with the story with those sessions. Um, so we say, let's think of a story that you, that you feel positively, you know, reflects what this organization does. So what's the, just the story. So we don't mention outcomes. We don't mention the change. We just say, what's the story? And usually what that does is if there's a group of 10 people in the room, that starts to get them thinking, you can start to pull out, oh, what was that activity? And what was the change? And how did that person change? So we have one of those course process that, that, inspires that type of conversation, I think, to to dive into a little bit. And stories tend to be a great place to start. I was just going to say, this is all super helpful. Um, I So I teach evaluation. And this topic of, and I I don't usually go all the way to a theory of change. Um, I usually just, you know, stick with the logic model, but we talk about like what a theory of change is. And oftentimes they'll, they'll incorporate elements of that, but I've, I've struggled so much in teaching this topic because 
I think the terminology around it and it's everything you're, you're speaking up and it's really helping me kind of solidify how to better do this of, um, I think they get so caught up in this idea of what a logic model is without, and then that, that step back of like, okay, now I need to do one. I need to create one. And it just becomes like such a mess. And I think it's overwhelming and it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I end up with these logic models that just aren't quite right. Sometimes I get the logic of the evaluation and I'm like, mm, that's really helpful for you, but that's not or- helpful for your organization. And I, like the idea of starting with, um, with a story, like what is the story of your organization that you're working with, I think is super helpful to, to ground them in, come up with these elements. And then we're going to talk about what a logic of a logic model or a theory of changes, because then now we can put names to what you've just done. I I really like that shift. I'm going to to try it next year and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing I carry can speak to this a little bit in the, in the course that we teach the kind of a, a really short course on evaluation called evaluate your impact for community organizations here. One of the, one of the days is about a logic model and theory of change in different ways. So, um, you know, we, we tend, one of the ways that we found works really well is using Lego to, to explain and build a, a logic model or a theory of change and those kind of hands-on approaches. That's again, that's a little bit different because we're teaching what a theory of change is where with organizations, we're just trying to get them there. They don't really need to know the difference between a logic model and a theory of change. And a lot of the conversations today relate to strategic planning, which is, you know, in our context, organization-wide versus program-specific. So sometimes a logic model might be more appropriate for, you know, a program that the logic of that flow versus the theory of change um, takes in so many different pieces of an organization going in a lot of different directions. Um, But one of the things, good segue, uh, one of the things uh, in looking at different theories of change from organizations. There's one that we came across from the Miles Nadal Jewish Community Center in Toronto. And, you know, we just kind of liked the flow of it. And so we were using it as an example um, uh, when we were working actually with those five neighborhood organizations. And um, someone said, I really like this one. I say, okay, what do you like about that one? And uh, what it had was what we need to achieve all of this. And so it had a really explicit piece that said, you know, this is where we start. We need these things in order to do these activities to lead to these changes, which is similar to a logic model that would have your inputs, your resources. Um, But what we found is that's really, really resonated with organizations. And so now that's part of the conversations that we have with them. Okay, what do you need to achieve this? And that's really segued well into the the strategic planning process, because when you look at the theory of change and you say, okay, what are our goals as an organization? Um, It's not just about achieving those outcomes or doing these activities, quite often there's goals around, you know, we need to have a diverse board, we need to have sustainable funding sources, whatever those are. So it really shapes those strategic conversations. And I think that's a really important piece to include in a theory of change. Uh, We don't explicitly say you have to do this each time, but quite often those conversations do lead to a place where that really makes sense to include it. Yeah, that was something that was new to me as an evaluator. So I'd always thought of like a logic model, like how your inputs and your theory of change has more assumptions and and activities and outcomes. But then when we saw that theory of change, including what we need, I'm like, oh, that's that's so perfect. (laughs) Let's let's start using that. And so now that's just something that we include in all our theory of change development work. And so we do hear operational funding that's sustainable and multi-year. Um, often there's something around space, like having appropriate space to run things and having 
just having a relationship with, with people in the neighborhood. If that's who you're serving and you want them to come to you with needs, you need to have trust and a, a, a good relationship with them. And those aren't things that necessarily might be in activities or outcomes, but they're so critical in that without an appropriate space, for example, or without money and without funding, you can't do anything in that theory of change. And so by including that in the theory of change, Sometimes the strategic goals and say what I want to concentrate on for the next three years is figuring out space and maybe moving to a new space or whatever it is. Or maybe it is I want to really figure out how how to diversify my funding and get sustainable funding. And that's okay too. Your strategic goals don't have to be about an activity or an outcome. Sometimes it is about that base level stuff that you just need to keep the lights on and to function. Is there anything else related to this theory of change strategic planning work that we haven't covered yet that is important to share? No, I think that um, just, so our approach is really kind of, it's a vague high level, but specifically is our approach to this theory of change strategic plan package that we usually work with organizations and sometimes they'll piecemeal it, but for the most part, we we approach it from this um we use this approach. So the first phase is discovery. And so that would be the phase where we're really getting to know the organization and they're getting to know themselves. And quite often that relate the output of that or the, the tangible um, deliverable is the theory of change development. So you have that discovery phase, you, you design that theory of change. And then after that, you move into strategy. So then looking at that, what are the areas of this that need attention over the course of the next three to five years or on an ongoing basis, however they want to, you know, even though we believe it should be a real working dynamic document, usually boards want like a three-year strategy. And so we'll, uh, we'll use that as the baseline to implement or design a strategy and then the last phase is capacity. So that's, okay, here's your strategies. This is what you want to work on as, a, as it relates to the theory of change. How are you going to have the operational capacity to do that and, and come up with an operational plan? So that's that's generally the, the three-phase process, discovery, strategy, and capacity that we would use. Yeah, thanks for putting more detail to the, yeah, what could be a very vague um, approach to this work. Thank you. The other thing I would add too, just before we leave off, is that um, when we evaluate or we do evaluation, and we don't go into an organization and evaluate them. It's not something we're doing to them. It's something we're doing with them. And much to the same light, we don't go in and tell an organization, oh, I see what's going on here. Here are the things you should be doing in the next three or five years. It really is uh, just facilitating and coaching the organization to come up with these things on their own and we're the soundboard and we're there to facilitate the process, but it's not something that we're saying to them, you really need to do these. Um, And and that's not the way we evaluate either. And so it it really follows those same principles that we talked about in the, in the beginning about how we, how we approach our organizations. Those aren't just evaluation principles to us. They're anytime we have any sort of conversation or do any sort of project, that is how we show up. And that really, we really hold that true to strategic planning as well. And so if you're looking for a consultant to come in and tell you, okay, like do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to get your organization back on track, that's not what we're doing. And there's probably a lot of consultants that that you could find that could do that for you. But when you work with us, that's really not what we're going to do. And so making that explicit to organizations as well is that you're going to have to get your hands messy and work along with us. 
which I think speaks also to the principle and outcome that you're looking for of making, um, making this process one that is empowering, not a disenfranchising type experience for folks. So yeah, they're going to have to get messy if they really want to get the most out of the experience. (laughs) Well, it's been so lovely to talk about strategic planning theories of change and really get nerdy into this topic. I really appreciate getting to learn more about both of you and the work that you do at the Community Foundation and the organizations you're working with. Is there anything that's coming up for you or that you want to share with listeners, uh, best ways to contact you? So the best way to contact me is I'm on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Carrie T with T with two E's, like T is in golf, I guess. Uh, or you can just find me at Carrie at sbafoundation.ca. Um, the thing that I've really been grappling in my head with me, much as anything coming up for me, is Harry talked about storytelling. And I just feel like there's just so much space for storytelling and evaluation. And really that's something that I've just been thinking about almost obsessively and, and reading about is just storytelling and then learning from stories and, and using stories in an organization. So they're not just anecdotes, but they're anyway, there's a lot of ideas around storytelling floating, floating in my head. And that's what's going for me. It reminds me, um, there's a great podcast. If you all, well, if you're listening to this, you must love podcasts, but, um, there's a great podcast called storytelling with data. And, uh, I think you might like that. It's, it's also, there's a book and a community. Um, yeah, really great resource. And it's going to lead you down fun rabbit holes. Yeah. And I am not on Twitter, but, uh, email is usually the best way to, to get in touch with me. So it's Harry, H-A-R-R-Y at sjfoundation.ca. I want to tell that to people. They often think that I work at a, like a house building foundation company, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> community foundation, um, things coming up for me. I think, um, something that we work in uh, are a lot of different organizations. And so something that is, there's a lot of opportunity in, and we're actually involved in some of those opportunities now is how to take the same approach to collaborative initiatives. So when there's multiple organizations working together, so how do you get five organizations that are working in the same sphere or on the same, um, you know, in the same community, whatever, whatever have you, um, to design a, a shared theory of change and, and strategize in the same way. So those collaborative efforts um, aren't just on paper, that they're actually real time and they're working together and they feel good about that and build up that capacity. So um, we're, we're in that sphere now. We're working on a few projects and there's one that uh, we've kind of done some of that discovery phase and we're ready to get into the strategy and the, the capacity. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that goes and how it takes shape because we are definitely learning as we go. That sounds so exciting. Adds that big layer of complexity to it once you start, you know, increasing the number of partners involved in this work. Yeah, I've done a little bit of work. I remember I was working a long time ago um, with a kind of regional collaborative and trying to pull all these various partners together to come up with evaluation work and partnership work and theories of change and all this stuff and planning documents and it's fun. It is very challenging, but it's very rewarding as well, because I think that's kind of the the level that a lot of us should be working at, not as a solo organization, but thinking holistically as a community. So very exciting. Yeah. Thank you, Dana. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, both of you, Carrie, Harry, for coming onto the podcast. And it was lovely getting to know you and your organization. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
please visit the podcast website at evalueland.fireside.fm where you can subscribe to get notified of new episodes and contact us with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Evalueland.